Please turn your Bibles to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Um, we started this series a couple of weeks back, and uh, I said at the very beginning that we are more spirit than natural. Amen? And it's something that I really want to uh, continue on, and I, I may finish this today, no promises, all right? I'll do my best. Uh, but I want to look at our spiritual nature today. I want to look at what it means to be more spirit than natural. What does that mean? Um, you know, how should we live our life with that knowledge? Now, I want to um, begin in John chapter 6 and verse 63. Jesus is speaking, and he says, It is the Spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. Now listen, this is what he says. He says, The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. I want you to notice that he understands that his words are spirit, and that they are life. They are spirit and life. I need you to get that. He didn't say they're natural. See, this is where the problem begins. You know, a lot of people try to interpret what's in here naturally, but it's not a natural book. It's a spiritual book. Amen? <laughs> Amen? That's why you need to be saved before you can understand the thing. Uh, it it kind of unlocks things on the inside of you that allows you to pick up on this. And that's the reason why, you know, I find a lot of people out there that argue about what's in here. Um, and I, understand, I look at that and they come from a very intellectual place. Like they're so smart. And we know everything. You know, <laughs> okay? And they come across that way. And, you know, you, it's, it's, can I give you an example? It's kind of like an astronaut who knows how to, you know, take a shuttle back, you know, out, out into space and back again. And somebody's standing there and saying, well, that's not going to work because... And the dude's going, dude, I've already taken it up and brought it back. Everything you're saying is redundant. It's, just, it's, it's stupid because I've already done it. And that's, the, that's really what happens with us. People try to convince us of things that we've already experienced. And they're saying, oh, that can't happen. But it did. So there. <laughs> okay? And that's the reason why. Because a natural mind cannot understand that. I'm going to get to a scripture that's going to look at that uh, in just a moment. But... We are looking at the fact that because we are more spirit than natural, what do we need to do? As Christians, what do we need to do? So the first thing that we need to uh, do is found in Proverbs chapter 4. Let's go there. Since Jesus says that the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life, in Proverbs chapter 4, I want to be reading from verses 20 through 23. Proverbs 4, 20 through 23, the writer of Proverbs says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them. Now, when he says keep them, he's talking about God's word and his sayings. Amen? He's saying keep them in the midst of your heart. Watch this, verse 22. For they, for they that is his word, and his sayings are life unto those that find them, and health to all your flesh. Isn't that incredible? We go back to life. And notice in verse 23, he says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues or forces of life. Do you know your life is on the inside of you? You know, people don't realize this, but a lot of times, that's why, you know, it is so crucial. People that go through operations and whatever in hospitals, if they lose hope, a lot of them, you know, people have died just because they lost hope. 
They were okay. They were, <laughs> they were on the mend, but they just lost hope somewhere along the way, and they just cocked it. And that's really sad. See, because we, we don't understand this, we think it's all about the body. We think it's all about, well, if this is working, it's all working. Sweetheart, this could be all working, and you could be a mess on the inside. Amen. And, you know, that's where God wants to get into because he wants you to live your life from the inside out. Because if you've got life on the inside, then that life will shine through on the outside. And it is that life that causes joy and brings peace and does all those things. It's death on the inside of you that causes all the other things, <laughs> okay? You can tell people that, that have that kind of, I'm going to use this, I'm not new age, okay? That they have that kind of energy on the inside of them. Because it's, you know, it, it just uh, pollutes everything as they come in. And you could be really happy until they walked in. And they haven't even spoken yet, <laughs> you know? Something goes off on the inside of you to say, oh, what just walked in? Who can, anybody I'm talking, okay, there's a few people, all right, okay. But, you know, there are times, and you may not even realize these things. You know, there may be times when, and that's the reason why I'm here. Hello, good morning. Okay, <laughs> the reason I'm here is to help you to, to identify what you're feeling, to help you identify what's going on so that you can tap into it and you can work with it. Amen? And to know that you can do something about it. Just because it walked in doesn't mean it stays there. Amen. You can get rid of it. See, a lot of us, what we do is, is something bad walks in, we walk out. Uh, what happened to the light? Oh, it just left. Because the darkness came. You're the light. You're meant to be the one that shines it out. Have you ever turned the light on and the light's going, oh, uh, and it's fighting its way through the darkness trying to get out. And it says, I got halfway through the room. Oh, give me a second. I need to fight my way through the other half. As soon as you turn the light on, whoosh, the darkness is gone. That's you. Uh, not the darkness, the light. <laughs> okay? Jesus said you are the light of the world. He didn't say you're trying to be. He said you are. You are. Amen. Okay. This is what causes you to grow, grow spiritually is when you incline your ears, your heart, your eyes towards God's word. I want, you to, I want to take you back to Proverbs for just a minute. I just want to uh, show you a few phrases in there. Notice the first thing he says, attend to my words. He means give attention. He says, don't give attention to the things that are speaking against my word and against what I've said to you. Do you understand? He's saying, you attend to what I say to you. I'm back in Proverbs 4.20. He says, you incline your ear to what I'm saying to you. Do you know, there's a lot of people that will, see, can I just say this? Even your parents don't know you the way God knows you. Listen to me. They have, may have certain aspirations or they may have no hope. <laughs> okay, for, he's a hopeless, useless, anyway, okay, <laughs> whatever. They may not believe in you, but God, your father believes in you. You need to understand that you come from a bloodline that um, supersedes this one. There is God, your father first, then there's your natural parents. Do you know with my kids, I don't treat them as my kids. I treat them as God's kids. So I'm very careful how I treat them because a lot of people don't get that. They just think, well, I made them. I can do what I want with them. You know, that's, you know that kind of a thing. You better not because you're going to be judged for everything that you did with them. Can I say it this way? They're on loan from God to you. Let's see how you give them back. 
they better or worse? Ooh, okay. Just saying. Just saying. So when I give my ones back, I want to say, I did this with them. Is it okay? Don't hit me. <laughs> okay. No, I don't live that way. But you understand what I'm trying to say. Amen? I look at things in that way. I look at them as God's property. And so I, I treat them as God's property. Not as inferiors or anything else. They're God's property. And I have to be really careful if I'm not in a good mood that I keep it to myself. Pause for effect. You know, because you know what happens? We take it out and whatever is, you know, <laughs> okay? Oh, they're just my kids. They're not just your kids. Yes, she goes, yeah, they're mine. Mm, stay there. <laughs> you need to get this. Amen. Now, let's continue. So notice he says again, he says, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. He says, let them not depart from your eyes. You know, this is one of the key things that leads us astray is we take our eyes off God and we put it on the circumstances. And the, the writer of Proverbs is saying, you keep your eyes on God. You keep your eyes on what he's saying to you. You don't take your eyes off what he said because he'll back up what he said as long as you allow him to. Do you know that's the problem that you know, even Jesus faced when he was down here is that they wouldn't believe. He'd say, I can do this. They'd go, I don't know, let's see. <laughs> well, no, you're not going to get anything today then. You say, well, yes, that's the son of God, preacher. That, that, that person, you know, doesn't matter. It was Jesus. He just did miracles regardless. No, read in the Gospels. When he went into his own hometown, it says there he could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. Whoever thought that Jesus did stuff because he was just Jesus and the Son of God, you're wrong. Now, he was the Son of God, he is the Son of God. But you know something? 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Behold, what manner of love is this, that we should be called the children of God. Wow. Do you know why it was such a revelation to him? Because he had been with the Son of God. And he realized the family he had come into and what it meant when the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 10.9 that if you confess with your mouth, believe with your heart that Jesus is raised from the dead, you'll be saved and you'll become a part of this family. Mm. Hallelujah. Let's keep going. i got stuff for you here. All right. So, <laughs> so without going any further, I could preach on this for 40 minutes, but I'm not. All right. But I want you to notice that he says, attend to my words, incline your ear to my saints, let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart. You know, the way things get into your heart are generally, generally, through your eyes and through your ears. You see and you hear and you know, you take that in and over time it will find its way to your heart. It'll start in your head. Your head is the thing that separates out what you want to take, allow into your heart and what you don't. By the way, please use it wisely. <laughs> okay, if you don't want to hear stuff, don't, you know, if your head says, we've listened to that stuff, it does nothing for us, turn it off. Right. Turn it yeah. off. Because you listen to it long enough, and after a while, I will promise you, it will start working its way into your heart. And then some, something that you would swore you would never believe, you'll start believing. Just word to the wise. Anyway, moving on. So I want you to notice... One way or the other. See, God's word is life to those that find them, health to all their flesh. 
But, you know, anything negative will ex do the exact opposite to you. If you hear things that are negative, then they will form something negative on the inside of you. Because that's how, I told you again, you are more spirit than natural. This is what I'm trying to get across to you. If you begin to understand this, you'll begin to understand what's actually happening on the inside of you and why you feel certain ways and why you sometimes are good with things and sometimes you're not good with things. It's because of what your heart has been fed and it can only bring life if you give it life. If you don't give it life, then it has nothing to give you. Amen? All right. So this is what causes us to grow up spiritually. The Apostle Paul says in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. I love this. It straightens us out <laughs> okay, and teaches us to do what is right. I really love that. It straightens us out. Okay? That's, what, that's what it's meant to do. Now, that doesn't mean that pre people will preach it correctly, but when they preach it correctly, that's what it's meant to do. have to say that. Okay, verse 17, it says, It's God's way of preparing us in every way, this is verse 17 again, fully equipped for every good thing God wants us to do. Notice that it prepares us in every way, not just in a couple of different ways. That's why God wants us to keep our eyes on Him and what He's saying. And not what preachers are saying, what he's saying, but what he's actually saying. Because I listen to stuff. You know, you know, you've heard this. I want to say it again. Okay, I've listened to stuff online. And I'm thinking, oh, if I was God, I would strangle that person. See, that's why I'm not God. Because God is love. All right? I'm, but, I, you know. <laughs> you know, the way they carry on about things, you just think, you know, you leave that feeling low and you feel like, oh, my God, why did I ever go to church? Maybe you shouldn't go there. <laughs> okay? I'm just saying, man, if it doesn't bring you life, Jesus said, what did he say? He said, the thief, this is John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, I have come that they might have life, and life more abundantly, or life to the full, the NIV says. See, if you're not living a life that is just bursting, then <laughs> you're in the wrong camp, okay? <laughs> or listening to the wrong camp. Something, something ain't right. All right, so this is the standard by which we are to live. But we can only live this way if we are spiritually strong. And sad to say, not many Christians are. So, and this is what um, this is a problem with the Corinthian church. Let's go there very quickly. Just want to show you a couple of things as we travel today. Can I turn the page? Oh yeah, they're thick pages. Okay, First Corinthians chapter three. I'm going to be reading from verses one through three. The Apostle Paul having a problem with this church. And he says, I, brethren, could not, could not speak to you as spiritual people. Notice he wanted to speak to them as spiritual people. Can you see that in what he's saying? He said, but I couldn't talk to you this way. He said, watch this. He says, but as carnal, as, as to babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you're still not able to, okay, or not able for you are still carnal. I'm going to stop there. I understand what that's like. That's very frustrating, <laughs> okay? Um, because you can't really get across everything you want to because you can't be as accurate as you need to because they can't understand. Are you all with me? All right. So here's the good news. You ready for some good news? Okay. It's God's desire to deal with us spiritually. 
because that's where we have the capacity to understand him. Now, that's what the Apostle Paul brings out in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16. Let's go look at that verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to come back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verses 11 through 14 in, in a moment. But I want to look at this verse right now because I want to make the point that we have the ability spiritually to pick up on what God is saying. 1 Corinthians 2.16, he says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? If you ask that question to any denomination, they'll go, Nobody! All of us are useless little worms wiggling around here. We don't know what's going on. <laughs> We're just pawns on God's board. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. We can't figure out what he's thinking. Because the Old Testament says we can't. But not the New Testament. So to that question, the Apostle Paul answers, but, note the but, we have the mind of Christ. That's the difference. Do you see this? So he's saying, listen, there was a time when we couldn't understand anything God was doing. I'm going to use these words carefully now. But now we have the capacity to understand him. We may not be using it, but we have the capacity to do so. It's just like, you know, the transformation that takes place on the inside of us is miraculous when we get saved. Something huge happens. It's kind of like you go from, and again, I'm using this advisedly. I used this before, and somebody said, well, you shouldn't do that. I want to do it, okay? I don't know how else to say this. But it's kind of like you go from being a chicken to an eagle. Now, a chicken is a very funny bird. It's a bird, but the thing can't fly that much. Have you seen? <laughs> okay. What was that movie? I'm trying to think. Thank you. Chicken Run, yes. You know, no thrust. No thrust. We can't get off the ground, okay? So it's a bird, but it's, it's not a flying bird. But the eagle, on the other hand, he's the king of the skies. I mean, that creature has abilities that just blow your mind. It, it sees a storm coming. The chickens all get rained on. It has, as far as I understand, has the ability to rise above the storm, lock its wings, and just cruise. Until the storm goes away and then unlock and come back down and <laughs> look, the cleaning service has come and cleaned my nest out. I can come home now. <laughs> okay? That's what happened to you. There was a time when you, know, you were a chicken running around down here with all the other chickens and then suddenly you received Jesus Christ as Lord and something happened on the inside of you. And you, a miracle took place and you became something else. Now, wouldn't it be funny, and this is the point I want to make, wouldn't it be funny if after you became, you, you literally changed, okay? You literally went from being a chicken to an eagle now, all right? You've got all the equipment to fly, but you're down there with the chickens getting wet because nobody taught you. You didn't go to eagle school on Sunday. Between 10.30 and... <laughs> okay. You didn't even live stream it. <laughs> okay? No, listen, that's my job. My job is to tell you, listen, something happened to you. You now have the ability... You can jump off a cliff now with very different... Uh, what, what can I say? Repercussions, consequences, whatever, than the chicken would. It jumps off and we don't know what all is going to happen. You know, might just find a splat there. But you jump off now and you've got something you need to learn to spread your wings. Because you can fly. Hallelujah. And I want to teach you how to fly. And I want to let you know that you can. Amen. So please do. Hallelujah. All right. Further to this, 
I love this. Romans chapter 8. You all need to give me some cards back there because I don't know how much time I have left. Oh, really? I didn't know this. Okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, I saw that one. Okay. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. We are not going to finish this today. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> I have two more pages to go. Yeah, never mind. All right. Romans 8, chapter six, uh, verse 16. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. He says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits. Notice that God's Spirit bears witness not with our flesh, not with our mind. Please get this. It says that the Spirit Himself, that's the Spirit of God Himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. When you get saved, that's the Spirit of God saying you are no longer a chicken, you're an eagle. I'm letting you know that you are something else. I know you have thought of yourself as a chicken because that's how you live most of your life. But something happened to you and you've changed. And if that witness isn't there, we wouldn't know to do that. We wouldn't know that we could do something else. Because on the outside, nothing changed. That's the problem we always face. We look in the mirror and think nothing changed. I was bald when I started. I'm still bald now. I was losing hair when I started. I'm still losing it now. Whatever, okay, whatever the case is, don't, that's why I said there's more to you than what you can see. A lot more than what you can see. In fact, all you see is about one-third of you. Did you know that? Because you are, we looked at this before, was it First Thessalonians, Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5.23 said, May the God of our Lord Jesus Christ sanctify you wholly, spirit, soul, and body. So we are a three-part being. So what can we see? Just the body. And if you, you know, I, I, I judge it this way. We're probably a third of each one of those things. So if, if that's what it is, then you're only seeing a third of you. There's more that you can't see than you can. So why do people judge you on what they can't see? And why should you allow them to judge you on what they can see? When there's more that they can't see. Amen. Anyway, all right. So I want you to notice Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And here's the good news. If we are children, if children, then heirs. Watch, heirs of God. Wow. Not only that, he says, joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Do you know the suffering isn't going to the cross because He did that already. The suffering is when you are fighting for what you believe. The suffering is when you're coming against the darkness in this world. The suffering is when the enemy says, you can't have this person. You can't have this city. And you say, no, this belongs to us now. And you don't allow things to happen. You fight back. Amen. We need to learn how to do that, family. You know, we got to stop letting the news tell us how things are. We need to be praying and changing what the news says. Don't not believe. Just go, okay, that's where we are. We can fix that. (sighs) Just saying. All right. And I've said this as well. It's never that our spirit is unwilling. It's always the flesh that gets in the way. Who can can relate? I'll give you a scripture. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41. Jesus himself says this. And oh, he's going to touch on a subject that we all have trouble with. 
and that is watch and pray. Oh, yeah, there it is, brother. There it is. There's the thing that balances everything out. You have all the blessings on one side, and then there's prayer, you know, okay? And that just sucks all the life out of you. It better not. You, if you're going into prayer like that, better not go pray. You're, you're praying. You're just, you're, something else is going on. You're not praying. Whenever you're going to pray, it should be such an amazing time because you're literally in the presence of God himself. Amen. It should be the most wonderful, amazing time. Things should be happening. And can I just say this? Even the times when things seemingly don't happen, I promise you every single time, for a day or weeks after that even, not I should say days, and weeks after that, I'm still hearing, I'm start, you know, I'd start hearing things a little bit after I walked out, and then it'll get louder and louder and louder through the days and, and the weeks that follow. So it's, even if at that point in time I'm not, I may not be receptive, God never stopped talking, but he spoke to my spirit, but my mind wasn't picking up on it that day. But it went in, and it stayed there, and it starts to slowly bubble up. Isn't that beautiful? So don't ever let the enemy tell you that that was a waste of time. It never will be. Ever. I'm just letting you know that too. And he says here, he says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. He says, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So this is where most of our problems are. You know, we want to do the right thing. On the inside of us, we've been drawn to do the right thing. But we're thinking, yeah, but it's so hard. And it's so far away. And all the excuses for the flesh comes. But it's hot. And, okay? Or it's too cold or whatever. You know, that's what Jesus is saying. Listen, listen. The flesh is your problem. If you learn how to deal with that, if you understand that you're not some psychotic person that has two brains and that's got a problem, you're actually three different people on the inside. There is a spiritual part of you that wants to do what's right. It's been drawn to the thing that created you and the thing that wants to give you life and wants to bless you because that's your daddy. Amen? And so it wants to do whatever... See, that's one of the things that the Spirit of God is here to do, is help us on our way so that we can become more than conquerors. So that we can become all the things that God said we should be. But it takes steps to get there. But that's, that's what this is about. You know, church isn't meant to be something that you go to that you think, oh, well, I've done my weekly trudge. You know, I, I paid penance this week. I went to church fell asleep and tried to stay awake and set my alarm for when the preacher finished. Uh, whatever. It shouldn't be that way. It should be something that you go and you learn and you grow. Amen. And that's really what I'm praying for you guys, that you're growing. Every time you hear something, you're taking it on board and going, okay, I need to pay attention to this. Amen? Pay attention. Okay. All right. <laughs> the fact is that it is in the spirit that we pick up on what's going on around us. In Acts chapter 17, verse 16, I, I'm going to read this, but I'm going to help you with what it's actually saying. Acts 17, 16, now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. See, he was sitting there, and he noticed what was going on. And in the spirit, see, you can have people, and I've seen this, you know, people can have stuff in their house, and it means nothing to them. It has no hold on them whatsoever. 
On the other hand, you see people that have things in their house and it's got a real hold on them. You know, that's something really important and has great significance to them. And I'm not talking about, you know, stuff that belongs to your mom or dad or whatever. I'm not talking about sentimental stuff. I'm talking about spiritual things. Okay, it's just like, oh, that picture talks to me or something. It's like, okay then, <laughs> you know, whatever. I, I'm being serious here. And that's a problem when you walk in and something like that, because there are things, these evil spirits inhabit anything that you allow them to inhabit and that you give your attention to. That is not God. Did y'all get that? Did I, yeah, did I go slow enough? Okay, all right. So, so if you ever do that, because they are looking for worship, and they'll take it in any form that they can get it. And so if you buy a little statue or something and you worship the thing, they'll, they'll be happy they're there. They're there when you're there, <laughs> okay? And, but I tell because they're not from God, what you get back won't be what you need to get back. It'll be something other than that. I'll just say that. And so the Apostle Paul is in the place where that's going on. There's a lot of stuff happening in the city. People are giving their attention to the wrong things. I'm, I'm saying it to you in this way because I don't want to get all spiritual and religious on you. Okay, I just want you to understand how this thing works practically. And so because they're giving attention to those things, they're not giving attention to God, obviously. Do you see that? See, the enemy's job is to distract you. If he can distract you, he's got you. If you're not paying attention, it's kind of like you're on the road of life. You're driving. Do you know what, when accident, accidents happen? When you're distracted. Oh, I didn't see that person. Why? Were you on the phone or something? Did you drop something and you went looking for it while you're going at 110? <laughs> you think, oh, people won't do that. Oh, hello. People do stuff like that, okay? It's not advisable, but they do stuff like that. I, I can say some other things, but I don't want to because then I'll get too personal. But, you know, it, you just be, that's what the enemy's job is, is to get your attention off where you're going what you're meant to be doing, if I get your attention off that, you are going to run off the road. Because there's something very interesting about you. Wherever you look, that's where you want to go. So many people have started reading a sign, and they'll start to veer towards that. Because they don't realize it. I mean, they're really reading it. I'm not saying just glancing at it. I mean, they're reading it. And you'll find that your car wants to go that way too. Because your car's going, oh, what are we looking at? That's a pole. How did you, de- <laughs> how could you run into that pole with so much road? Well, <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Back to this. All right. So again, that, that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. And he sensed that. He picked it up in his spirit. Ver, uh, Mark chapter 2, verse, uh, verse 8. I've got two minutes. I've got to hurry up. Mark chapter 2. Let's go to verse 8. We perceive things in our spirit. It says in Mark 2, 8, he says, But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? I don't want to go into what he's actually talking about, but I want you to notice something there, that he perceived something in his spirit. You know, this isn't telepathy and all that sort of stuff. When you become spiritually alive, you'll begin to pick up on things around you. And the worst thing that you can do is to deny that and to say, oh, that's just in my imagination. Who could ever know? I tell you the number of times I've picked up on things and I've known things well before they happened. Seriously. Oh, are you one of those? No, 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 I'm not weird. 
I'm just, <laughs> okay, I'm just letting you know that's how the thing works. You can pick up on the inside of you what's going on. And you have that ability you just need to be aware of it. That's step number one. And once you're aware of it, then become responsible with what you do with it. Because some people use it against people. So say, for example, now let's take something there. Okay, because I know this isn't true. Okay, say, for example, that I perceived in my spirit that Chrissy was about to come and beat me in the head with her guitar. <laughs> she goes, why, why, I can't, I won't. <laughs> All right. no, okay, if I perceive that, I can do one of two things. I can attack her with that and go, you want to hit me over the head with your guitar, don't you? Don't you? <laughs> and she goes, yeah, and here it comes. You know, I've, just, I've taken information and used it the wrong way. Now I'm going to really get it. Okay? But if I said, whoa, Chrissy, something wrong, sweetie. What's up? You're angry, but I know it's not at me. Is something gone wrong somewhere? And then it will allow her to back up and go, why am I angry? Because sometimes... Anger from somewhere else gets translated to the person that's in front of you, and they're going, what did I do? I just turned up, <laughs> you know? This is what you get for turning up. Get your head bitten off. I'm not volunteering ever again. <laughs> okay? I'm, <laughs> I'm very aware. <laughs> People that turn up, don't vomit all over them. I'm using that word advisedly about all the people that didn't turn up. They don't need to hear what you're feeling about everybody that didn't come. They're there. Be appreciative of who came. Love them, appreciate them, value what they're doing. Don't dump on them. Amen. There was two messages in that. So, <laughs> okay. I have run out of time. Um, <laughs> Look, let me just leave it there because there is so much more. I was going to talk about us discerning things in our spirit, not just perceiving things, but discerning things. Let me just do one more, huh? One more. Just give me one more minute. Second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We'll finish with this. Verses 11 through 14. It says, what, For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? I, I, I could preach on all this. I can't. Okay, not today. I've run out of time. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world. Watch. We have received. Okay. Not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know things that have been freely given to us by God. Did you get that? So we've been given something that allows us access to God to find out what is given to us. Yep. Okay. Verse 13, these things we also speak, not in word, words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, not natural, with spiritual. Verse 14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Did you get that? So, you know, if we just back up a little bit, we can understand that we have the ability to spiritually discern things. Things that God's speaking to us. Things that, you know, God knows what's coming. Did you know that? To a degree. Okay, now he doesn't, want, he doesn't know what people are going to decide before they decide. 
that stuff isn't right. If you've heard that, that's wrong, okay? He, because you're still able to make up your own mind. You're still able to decide. You can still go another way. And people that say that we're all destined and predestined, you know, to go a certain way is wrong. Because we were created in the image and likeness of God. And just like God, we have a will. And the one thing that God won't exert, exert his power over is our will. Otherwise, the moment that Jesus died, he would have made everybody get saved. But he didn't. He still left it up to you. Amen. And so, put that aside, God can see what's coming. And he has an idea of what's going to be coming your way. Again, I said people get to choose. And how you react to that, how you receive that information, how you work with that information, will then determine what, what actually happens at the end. And if you learn today something from this, if when you pick up on something, instead of just voicing what you've heard, listen, if you try to repair it instead, then you're on the right path to not only helping yourself, but helping the person in front of you as well. Amen? I have to stop. Others are going to keep going. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you, Father, for all that you are revealing to us, for all that you are teaching us. I thank you, Father, for just each and every individual that is in the sound of my voice that's been receiving this message. I thank you, Father, that you speak to them loud and clear about the things that your word says. That there is no confusion. I thank you, Father, that they walk away from here knowing, having something confirmed in their heart. Hallelujah. Because these things are spiritually discerned and therefore spiritually confirmed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.